Today on the Pinche Gringo podcast, we have a conversation about politics, sports, and an interview with local blogger and entrepreneur Gabriel Garcia Peña, all on today's show. Pinche Gringo podcast, I'm Dan DeFossi. I'm Julian Vawa. Welcome to the show, everybody. How's everything going, Julian? <sighs> Things are going great. I mean, there's been some ups and downs in my life uh, the past few days, but overall, really, really good and was really pleased to see the result of Sunday's Super Bowl. Yeah. You watched it? Yeah, I watched it. We're going to talk about it in a bit. And uh, we have a great guest, Dane Martinez, coming on the show today uh, to discuss the game. He's a good New Yorker, a good friend. uh, And he's also a podcaster, too. He's got his own podcast that he's going to talk about. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. It was a little crazy for me because I had a wedding in Acapulco, uh, and everybody knows about like weddings on Puente. So we left like 6am, no traffic, but actually there, there got to be some traffic stopped at my new favorite spot, Cuatro Vientos, which Uh. I've been driving to Acapulco for years. And then, uh, during Tropico in December, we finally stopped and had a delicious Cecina, and <laughs> there's my phone. This is um, calling. Yeah, this is yeah. calling, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it was good. Went to the wedding, great Mexican wedding, you know, like on the beach in Tres Vidas, which is a beautiful Ooh. place. I don't know if you've been there, but really uh, nice not, not Tres Vidas. setting to like see the sunset for a wedding. It's funny, like in, in, in weddings that I'm now becoming familiar with like the, the typical venues that people are using. And it's okay. like kind of like rotating. So like Tres Vidas is popular. This, the, the Hacienda San Carlos is a popular place. Like there's right. some other things. So it was a good wedding. Drove back uh, Sunday morning, which was cool because there was nobody on the road. There was absolutely <laughs> no traffic. So I got to, you know, like feel the curves on the road. Put it into in. dynamic mode. Yeah, it was great. It was <laughs> great. And then got back here for the Super Bowl, which um, pretty cool, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, Electric. Electric, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just get right into it? Let's yeah. get Dane on the line, um, and so we can talk with Dane about the game. Yeah. Uh, so joining us here is amazing podcaster. Also, he has his own show. Um, he's going to talk about it in a bit. But uh, welcome to the show, Dane Martinez. Dane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Dane, uh, first of all, uh, I want to ask you this as a very, very deep New York sports fan and someone who has huge allegiances to a team um (laughs) what happens when a guy like a year ago was starting to get more involved in the nfl um, and then he decides that he's gonna like the kansas city chiefs and then he watches the chiefs uh for the first year and then wins the super bowl like he doesn't have a right to gloat and be super happy about it or does he no we call that we call that a bandwagon uh, uh, okay, we what? call that a bandwagon. Hold on, Julian, let him talk okay. first. Okay, go on. Continue, Dane. It's about a different guy. Sure, 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 no problem. So, you know, if that's someone who will just, like, jump on the bandwagon when something is going good. We also sometimes call that a fair weather fan, right? Like, when things are good, it's really happy, uh, and you want to, like, try and be like you're down with that group. But then when things are bad, you know, it doesn't happen. I mean, Dan, you and I know this because we both cheer for a football team that hasn't had much success, right, in the New York Jets. (laughs) And so, you know, we would – it doesn't – we're not real fans. If just because they're bad, we decide, oh, I'm not going to be a fan anymore. I'm going to be a Chiefs fan. 
or yeah. I'm going to be, uh, you know, a, a team that's doing well right now or a team that always wins, like a Patriots fan, let's say. All right, that's let, being a Fairweather fan, a bandwagon I, fan. I need to give you to more information first because we're going to make this case because, uh, listen, viewers, like Julian been supporting the Chiefs this year, been really excited about it. Since wait, wait. last year. Since, since oh, all November right. 2018. So so here's the deal. <laughs> the, the, Chiefs, them, huh? the Chiefs came to Pinchagringo because they lost their game because of the field or whatever, or really sure. because the Rams wanted to have a home game on a time where it was really important. Didn't in Shakira a, in a do a concert That's what or something happened. like that? Didn't the, Shakira do a concert and mess up the field I think it was kind of like, like a telehit thing. So, here's <laughs> okay, the, okay. so hear, hear me out on this. So like the Chiefs came, Chiefs were really great, made Julian happy. So before the season started this year and we went to uh, Kansas City, we were on the field, we met with the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Hmm. They declined to do an event at Pinche Gringo this year. The Chargers did it Ooh. themselves, but that's another thing. Right. So there was a lot of Chiefs things going on. I like the Chiefs. I've always liked the Chiefs during the Marty Schottenhauer in their days when they were going 12-4 sure. and four every year and then losing in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. I'm a Chiefs fan as well. But Julian decided to like take on the Chiefs early in yeah. the year, watch the Chiefs all year, even though were they favored to win the Super Bowl this year? They were high favorites, right? They were they were very small favorites. They went off as only a one and a half point favorite. So they were favorites, Ooh. but it was it was pretty close. No, no, but like favorites since the beginning of the season, as the season started. Oh no! At the beginning of the season, actually, the favorites to win the Super Bowl were the New England Patriots. Okay, <laughs> but were they up there? Like, because like I'm just yeah, trying to see. Yeah, they were one of the top choices. It's yeah, the, they were one of the top choices. So, yes. so after me telling you all those things, does Julian <laughs> uh, be considered so, a fair weather fan? So you know. I'm going to say yes, he would be, but there is an asterisk. There is an asterisk here There's because asterisk. he had the unique, yeah, and, the, and it was unique that he maybe had some actual interactions with the Chiefs or actual players. If he knew one of them on a more personal level or had that kind of other experience, I'd buy that he could be a fan because of that. Yes. But that's not the case with most people. You know what I'm saying? Most okay. people are just like, oh, they're good. I'll ride with him. Now, if Julian, it was really because, you know, he had such a great time when he was with the Chiefs and they made him and all that. All okay. right. Then I understand yes. trying to ride with them. I will add something that in November we were at the game in Mexico. They were there. Second yep. year in a row, we went into the locker room. We got to like see Pat Mahomes from afar because I think both of us were shitting bricks. Six feet away. Like yeah. we, we, were, we, yeah. were, we were shitting bricks. Um, yep. And then we got to talk to uh, other other yeah. Chiefs and like interview Laurent them and Duvernay stuff. Tardif, who's from Montreal too. Oh, so yeah. Another okay. connection. It was kind of like and the I team think that's a little me. different. That's a little different then, okay? And, and, but then again, but Julian, that's not that's not normal fan behavior. No, it's, normal it's, fans it's don't have the opportunity experience. to break bread with <laughs> okay. these people. You know what I mean? So I don't know that Julian's the perfect example. So, so are we going to rule, Dane, that Julian can gloat about Kansas City's win and be happy and put a uh, WhatsApp photo of him in a Kansas City Chiefs hat and fly a banner in our restaurant and be like super <sighs> excited about it all week? Or do you need like at least five, 10 years of suffering before you can be yeah. excited. Like that's what I'm, yeah. I'm a 50 year hey guys, sufferer. We're all in the same boat. I've suffered many, many times. I've had very few championships to, to gloat over. I don't even know what to do. Like what's normal so, championship gloating behavior too. Like, uh, so I wouldn't call him a fan. I would call him like an ambassador almost. Okay. You know what that I mean? Good. Like he's not really a fan. He's just riding with these guys that he likes. So I think it's okay for him to have an affinity for the Chiefs because okay. of his personal experiences, but to be a real 
fan. It's more like what you're describing, Dan. You need to go through the ups and the downs, and you need to have a history with them. Yeah, I understand. I mean, yeah. the, 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 I guess maybe I'm a little jealous because, like, I tried <laughs> to cultivate Julian to be a Jets fan. I still like right. to a Jets fan game, you know, like telling him well, all the Jets things. And uh, right, but why would he do it? Like, it doesn't Listen, make the sense. bandwagon is completely empty for the Jets. Yeah, there's no, one, no one's a Jets fan off. now in Mexico. <laughs> like, how many? If there's a Mexican Jets fan, please email me Dan at pgbbq.mx. Yeah, really, and right? Say, Dan, I'm a Jets fan, and I'm watching listening to your podcast because I really want to know <laughs> the five Jets fans. Like, yeah, really, right? You know, the, the big game coming up next year, Dolphins are awarded the home game because no one goes to Dolphins games in Miami. Unfortunately, so they bring the Dolphins to Mexico. They haven't officially announced their their opponent yet. Uh, but okay. all signs are to the Patriots because the mm. Patriots like four are the fourth or third most popular team in Mexico. Sure. Dane, what do you think is the number one most popular team in Mexico? Um, I have two guesses. Um, one would be the Chargers because San Diego was so close to Mexico. <laughs> uh, and the other would be the Raiders. The Raiders. Well, mm. you're, you're, you're the number one Dallas Cowboys number two uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and number yeah. three, believe it or not, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, okay. and, and there were a lot of San Francisco 49ers fans. It definitely outnumbered the chiefs like yeah. two to one. Oh, I think even three, more. Yeah, three to one easily because, and was, I'll tell you these da Dallas, you know, those kind of Pittsburgh, those are teams that just travel well. And those were the teams, honestly, guys, that as soon as the NFL started being on TV, like in the 70s, exactly. those are teams that were good then and were on TV. You yeah. know, Dallas here is called America's team. And a lot of that was because they were on TV exactly. all the time there. So That's they had exactly exposure why. to those teams. Because yeah. in the 70s, yep. Mexico only had, you know, free yep. TV. They showed one game or two games and it was always there the, you go. The, the Cowboys and the Steelers. And then in yeah. the 80s, Montana came up. The yeah. 49ers, you know, started winning in that big yeah. game against the Bengals. Uh, yeah. So the 49ers Dan, got really excited, know. and now it's mm -hmm. all Patriots fans here. I, I charge Patriots fans 100 pesos more. <laughs> yeah, I like admission. that. I like that. That's more the tax. Seats. That's the I went Belichick line. tax. It was like a I long like line wrapping around the building for the Super Bowl. We had a great Super Bowl party. We had <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. two, more 250 awesome. people more this year than last year, so it was over 1,000 people awesome. watching it. Um, yep. And uh, I went around the line and said, any Patriots fans? <laughs> you're, not, you're not invited today, awesome. right, because I have to let everybody in. I'm charging you 100 pesos yeah. more to get admission. And then that's that's frequent with a lot of uh, team uh, people when they establish their fandom. Think about then in college football how Notre Dame was on TV all the time yeah. on NBC. Okay. Think about also, Dan, in baseball, you know this because as a Mets fan, you know about the Atlanta Braves. The <sighs> Braves had more exposure because Ted Turner had them on his network. Yeah. Okay. So You're for in, a like, lot South of people, Dakota, it's you that have exposure. Yes. You have that's the right. game on, right? It's pretty exactly. crazy. Exactly. And that's what you know. Exactly. Dan, and somehow that's the most exciting thing in South Dakota. <laughs> The Braves. Yeah. The Braves. It right? is. You travel if you're a Braves hours, fan, hours. you're automatically a redneck. Yeah. Sorry, Braves fan, but I'm going to say it <laughs> out here right now. Chipper Jones. Yeah. Something wrong Dale with that. There you Murphy, go. There you go. Jeff Francoeur. John Smoltz. John Rocker. What about Rocker? John Rocker, Rocker him? right? Who was there on the go. seven train in New York and saying like, that New Yorkers all have AIDS. Yeah, That's he right. said that. Yeah, we, we were not down with them. A lot of things around the seven train. What's up? But. You know, you, you do it, you do it. You talk a lot of sports. You're the most knowledgeable sure. sports guy I know. But a lot of people on the podcast don't really care too much about the Super Bowl. But because it's mm -hmm. Super Bowl, they want to know about it. So in a minute, tell us about what happened in the Super Bowl. 
Sure. I mean, the uh, what a lot of people thought is we had a matchup of a great team in San Francisco against a transformative player in Patrick Mahomes on Kansas City. Yeah. All right. And what wound up happening is that Patrick Mahomes ruled the day. This is a guy who is now only in his third season, has won a league MVP, has now been the Super Bowl MVP. Patrick Mahomes is really right about ready to take the mantle as guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, the names you may know, as they start to retire, it is becoming clear that the new wave is here for the decade of the roaring 20s, and it will be led by Patrick Mahomes and the way offense is now being played in the NFL. But, you know, Shakira and J-Lo shook her ass also. <laughs> so you're saying offense beat defense because supposedly the 49ers had an incredible defense. They did have an incredible defense. One of the things that's happening, though, guys, in the NFL is the rules are changing to inspire more offense. You can't mm. hit the quarterback. Pass interference rules are changing, right? And all of these rules, to be quite honest, are to generate more offense and to protect the quarterback from injury because those quarterbacks, those are the cash cows. Those are the yeah, face of the about money, right? Yes. You lose your quarterback yes. and no one goes to the games that no one watches TV and all the revenue goes. Yeah. Or if he gets Correct. a mono yeah. from making exactly. out with someone. What about a Pope mobile? <laughs> yeah. Like that, that they can like that the, the coach on the side can control that the quarterback stands on top of and just throws passes. Maybe that's an idea, no? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think it's gonna come to that. Maybe they'll do that in the XM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, Dane, so big win for the Chiefs. Yeah. Like you said to Patrick Mahomes is really starting to, to shine. The coronation of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Just a beautiful night. What do you see for the future of the Chiefs? Where are we going? What do I see for the future of the Chiefs? Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. And I don't know if this is the case in sports down in Mexico. The problem now is going to be Patrick Mahomes is still on his rookie contract. So eventually he's going to have to get paid, guys. Hmm. And when Patrick Mahomes gets paid, that means there's less money to go around for everybody else. Okay. And we've seen this with other teams before. The Seattle Seahawks are a great example. Russell Wilson, they won a Super Bowl when he was young, but then they had to pay Russell Wilson. So they didn't have enough money. And then key players on their defense wound up going to other teams right. and making the Seahawks ultimately not as good. So the future for the Chiefs are very, very bright. Andy Reid is a great coach. Patrick Mahomes is young and a stud. The question will be how long can they keep the team together. But as long as they can, with Patty Mahomes at the helm, they will continue to be contenders. Nice. You're going to keep staying with the Chiefs or you're going to find like the next big thing? Or Depends who comes down next year. Maybe yeah. it'll be a Dolphins fan. No, no. <laughs> no Chiefs are kind <laughs> of like a bleed red It now, depends on so. who you meet, right, Julian? What's yeah. that? It depends on who you meet. And Kansas City, they got That's great it. barbecue, guys. Yeah, so, they, they do have good barbecue. I know you guys would love that. The Dane, another question it's for you. As a mix. diehard Jets fan and as a diehard yeah. AFC East fan, if you were the owner of a restaurant and the <laughs> Patriots called you and said that they would give you a lot of money to take over your restaurant for four days and have it a great celebration in Mexico, would you take it? It depends on my P&L, bro. It depends on if I needed that money or not, right? <laughs> um, like, listen, business I'm terrified. I mean, I are two different the things. Patriots, and I mean, I feel bad for the Dolphins, so I don't hate them. Go away that Even, way. Though, I gotta tell you even though, though, guys, though 2012 honestly, 
Dane and I went to a Dolphins game and at the way and we won, some guy That's like true. comes behind me without oh, me yeah. looking and like pushes behind the back. And then some like, right. 60-year-old Jets fan who's jacked came over and punched him in the face. <laughs> and then Dane was like, you know, yo, Dan, let's go. And like we ran away like little, you know, wussies. But it wasn't our fight. Well, we were on the road. I'll tell you that. We yeah, were on the road. On the road. Yeah, it. you don't want to start I'll anything you, on the road. You know what, Dan? You make an interesting point. And, you know, we play fantasy sports here. In you know America, fantasy football is huge. Yeah, fantasy yeah, baseball Mexico is too, huge. Everywhere. Okay, and so the question is, you know, Dan, you're a Mets fan. Would you ever have a Phillies, uh, Phillies player on a fantasy team? No. <laughs> okay. Well, then, then you're driven more by the fandom and that passion I'm, than the I'm ultimate a, objective of winning. You and know, I've always so been it, that, right? I've never had all the information yeah. that you do about no, no, a, no, lot of, a lot of players and sports. I am really focused on my local teams, and I and, wear, and I know everybody on my local teams. But, I don't but have let's put it this way, the that, Yankee you know? fan, let's put it this way, the Yankee fan that'll still have a member of the Red Sox on their fantasy baseball team is mm-hmm. the same thing that will accept the Red Sox money if they're coming into the restaurant to take over for yeah, four days. I hear you. So, Dane, listen, we're going to wrap it up now. But uh, okay. last comment, you are a Puerto Rican New Yorker. So your sure girl am. was on the halftime show. Your girl, J-Lo. <laughs> what, how'd you yeah. feel about that? Jenny from the block. I thought it was, <laughs> was she great, from your to be block? quite honest. Well, she was from the Bronx. She was close. You know a guy, you know one of my friends named Jimmy, and she was from Jimmy's block, literally. Yeah, literally. Um, but what I would say is, yes, I thought they did an awesome job. I think they represented the culture of Miami yes. very well. And anybody that wants to be outraged by the beautiful things that we saw, I refer back to you a year ago, Adam Levine from the Room 5 performed shirtless the entire time. <laughs> Nobody seemed to be complaining about that. But now all of a sudden, this is an Not outrage. The girls the restaurant. Yeah. You are know are what you I mean? jealous so. that she looks that good at 50? Like, don't be jealous. Just get uh-huh. rich and have the surgeries to make it happen. You know, yeah. like, we Literally oh, went on. We went online during the halftime show to see how old those two women were, and we were astonished by how, how great they were doing. Forty-three. Forty-three. All right. So she's not J Lo. I think was fifty-two, and yeah. I think Shakira was forty-three. Wow, what a show! Dane, I, I, I want you to come on every time. There's some big American sports things. We can come on for Final Four. Uh, Sounds good. For, we'd love to have you on yeah, the show. Yeah, we got Martin Madness coming up, baseball. Yeah. And please tell us if, if anybody wants to listen to your podcast, uh, sure. how they do it. Sure. So uh, I'm with a network called Sports Grid. We are the first ever free 24-hour-a-day television network that is based purely for gambling and fantasy sports. You can see us on Pluto TV, channel 517, uh, Zumo TV, channel 719, Stir TV, channel 352, which are in these new kind of streaming services. You could also catch us on YouTube. The audio of our shows you can catch on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn Radio. I personally host a show called The Early Line which is Monday through Friday yes. uh, from 7 to 9 a.m. We give you all the early information you need to know to win some cash. And then my own show is called The Fantasy Freestyle, which airs at 7 p.m. on Mondays and Thursdays. And, guys, has just been uh, a finalist for the FSWA, the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, Radio Show of the Year. I'm uh, one of five finalists. Congratulations. And we Dan. find out. Yeah. That's amazing. And we find out tonight on SiriusXM they're doing the awards show. So awesome, Dan. I'm looking forward to that. Great. Yeah. And you're getting oh, married man. in a couple of weeks in Jamaica. So I'll Absolutely. see you down there. And we're going to have you on the and show you can again. Catch me, uh, catch me at Spittin' Speeds, S P I T T I N. S P E E D Z on Twitter yeah. to get all the I help say, you need. Like before game day, my fantasy. I've won a couple of years, like three out of four years, or two out of two out of three years, I think. 
Dane's been my secret weapon to give me some advices on his. Yeah, podcast but you can't tell everybody, things. then it won't be a secret yeah. anymore, man. We don't have any listeners. Don't worry yeah, about it. It's just you. What's <laughs> up? up for any podcast not anymore, awards? Not anymore, Julian. That's changing. So, Dane, thanks a lot, a lot for, for being on the people. show, and we'll see you uh, next time. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Dane. Oh man, that's great. Like Dane's awesome, and uh, check him out if you are a fantasy uh, player. Uh, and you can see that out. Yeah, so let's switch gears advice, a little bit. Lots of passion. Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit, guys. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in politics this week because I know some of you have been on telling me that, like, you know, like to update everything and get things going. And uh, and I, I got to tell you, like, shit's crazy. Shit is crazy. So let me just give you a quick. Uh, we got two minutes here. I don't want to take so long time because we have another guest coming on. But last Friday. Um, they decided that they the Republicans took control and were like, no more witnesses. Like, we know everything already. We don't need to hear from anybody. And there's like it out. the national security advisors. Like, I have a lot of information. If you ask me to testify, I'll tell you. But the Republicans just want it over. They don't think so. They voted against witnesses. So now they had their closing arguments on Monday. And again, as I say, we uh, record on Wednesdays and then Fridays. You guys hear it. But as of today, Wednesday, they're going to be voting on uh, impeachment. I just got word that Mitt Romney, uh, senator from Utah, good Mormon, Republican, <laughs> ran for president in 2008, no, 2012 against yeah. uh, Barack Obama, has decided he will vote to convict and impeach Donald Trump. But you need 67, and so now they have 48. So it looks like uh, Trump will be acquitted. Now on Monday, uh, the Iowa caucuses... Um, and just, I'm going to, I'm going to be on a eight on Saturday explaining this. If you can tune in 8am on Saturday, uh, for that. Um, but the Iowa caucuses and the caucus, um, different than a primary is where people sit in a room and they discuss, and then people get into their sides of the room. Um, and they, they, they choose from that from like that, like each precinct, each area of Iowa. And then they, they, they say, okay, well, we're going to go for Pete Buttigieg or we're going to go for Bernie Sanders uh, and whatever. And, and it's different than a primary where you go to a voting booth and you choose just like in an election here in Mexico. But the caucus is weird. It's cool because like people get to talk. And then if a candidate gets less than 15% of the vote, then they have to move to choose another candidate. So there's like moving and like networking and like yeah. campaigning inside the caucus. And then finally they choose their candidate in that caucus if they're going to support. So the Democrats have been really, really bad about technology lately. Um, the Republicans have been beating them on the game. So they invested in a lot of technology to make it happen. So they had this app where they can just like report the results of their precinct. App crashed. I wonder why. Well, I'm let's not make any... Pinching Ringo podcast exclusive. Yeah. There was foreign intervention. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what Julian's saying, but we haven't seen any Just proof wait, yet. Iran. And then the backup app that was supposed to support if the app didn't work, that crashed. So they couldn't report the results until 5 p.m. yesterday. They finally reported the results and beat Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Now, PDB. remember, he's a 38-year-old gay... A former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, um, military veteran, but the highest office he's ever served was mayor of a really small city. That's that kind of my plan Notre later on in life. Yeah, there you go. And, <laughs> but, um, and and he's he he's winning. He's in the lead. Um, uh -huh. He's beating Bernie Sanders, who is like a darling of the left. 
Elizabeth Warren is in third place, and then in fourth place is Joe Biden, which is the former vice president. So, of course, Trump jumps on this, makes a lot of shit about it, saying that the Democrats are disorganized, they can't get anything together, everything's crazy. Um, and then uh, on Tuesday night, uh, there was the State of the Union address, which the president is supposed to deliver every year in front of the entire Congress. He walks in, gets up on stage. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat Speaker of the House, puts out her hand. He refuses her hand. Burn. Does the speech. It's a political rally. Republicans are chanting four more years in a what's supposed to be like beautiful decorum and like honor and respect, you know, and he just goes out and just does whatever. Yeah, it was like a, another rally in Ohio or Florida. Exactly. And like just... Republicans are dancing, Democrats are quiet. Um, and then he finishes his speech and, and, and he has to hand his speech to Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, before. So he presents that because that's what the Constitution says. You have to give like a State of the Union in, and it was in writing until the 1930s. Until I think, like, don't quote me on that, but like FDR or something like went to Congress and spoke during the war or something. So they were supposed to present the speech to Nancy Pelosi. Um, he gave it to her uh, and she had the speech all day. And then at the end, she ripped up the speech right behind him, which was like amazing political theater. But like shit's bad in the United States. Yeah, it's almost like they're each an example of the millions and millions of people that are on each side, right? Yeah. So they're they're acting childish. They're acting very mean with each other. But that's just how the divide is right now. Yeah. It's amazing. So on Monday, Democrats like blow up the, uh, the, the caucus. On Tuesday, Donald Trump does a political rally in, in, and, and talks about <laughs> the economy. Like the American economy right now is doing well. Economists are like fretting about like certain numbers and that there's going to be a crash, but it's not happening. The stock market's up. People have jobs. People are working. It's like 2007 so almost. <laughs> the trade deficit's down. Manufacturing is up. So everything's like pumping. And then he touted all of that. And now he has a 49% approval rating, which is astonishing for the type of president this guy has been. And then today, Wednesday, which will be two days ago for anybody listening, He's going to be acquitted for high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, misdemeanors, uh, high crimes and yeah, misdemeanor. I think that's it. Misdemeanors, oh. high crimes and treason against the country by trying to get dirt on a political rival to a foreign government to withhold military aid that they were Ukraine is using to defend themselves against Russia, which really kind of is our enemy right now. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it is it's, absolutely insane. He Julian. should just stick to making fun of sixteen-year-old girls on oh, Twitter. God, it's so much easier. But yeah. I am more scared today than I ever was about um, him winning. And the last thing I will say about this is that I got my primary ballot um, in the mail because I can vote from abroad um, in Florida because there's a lot of military veterans and from Florida. So, like the Republican-controlled Florida is really wanting people to vote because military veterans usually vote Republican. Um, so they have a great process. I can fax it in and I have all of the democratic candidates there and I'm, I'm, I won't share my, maybe I'll share my vote. I haven't decided yet, but I'm also undecided about who I'm going to vote uh, for. Right, right. You know, Joe Biden, like. Yeah. Did the results of the primaries, oh, sorry, of the caucuses influence uh, your decision? Perhaps? I don't think so. I mean, maybe because like I'm thinking about, I don't, you know, Biden's too old and he's, he's lacking like. Uh, momentum and Democrats really need someone to rile behind but he has the best chance that many people believe uh, in being chosen by a rural South Dakota 
or Minnesota or Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio voter. Wisconsin too? Well, I mean, he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. He's a son of a, like an iron worker. Like white people love him and like white people from the rural areas are going to decide our election. It's insane. The, the electoral process in the United States, it's screwed up. America is screwed up, guys. So that's number one. Number two, uh, Elizabeth Warren, way leftist. And I think Trump's going to eat her and spit her out, mm -hmm. even though I think that she's the best qualified um, to be president. Number three, Bernie Sanders. Guy's been saying the same shit since the early 80s. I love Just him. screaming about like... Whatever. Having come from Vermont, I love him, but I think also Trump is going to, like he did with Hillary Clinton and saying her health was off, he might just go to town on Bernie Sanders with his I, uh, previous I think, heart attack. I think Bernie Sanders would be formidable, but I just don't think that like rural voters are going to uh -huh. choose him because he's way left. He's the left, more left than anybody. And then the last one, Pete Buttigieg, Kig, Buttigieg, no one can even say his name even on the air here in Mexico. He's like, <laughs> whatever. So, so, you know, he's 38, he's gay. Which I, you know, I think is great, but I'm just like worried about the problem is, is that my cho choice for the Democratic nomination is really thinking about what a rural voter uh -huh. in in Minnesota or in not Minnesota, but like more like Michigan, Ohio, Florida, and Pennsylvania will vote yeah, for. It seems more based on pragmatism, like choosing a candidate that could beat Trump instead of idealism, choosing be. the candidate that you it want the most. It has to be. Mm. So that's it. That's our politics in uh, two minutes, even though it's like <laughs> 10 minutes because there's so much going on. Yeah. But let, let's switch gears for a bit. And like our, our, our social uh, guest for today, um, and it, he's, it's interesting because there's like a big mixture of different things. Not only is he a lawyer uh, from NYU Law School and an entrepreneur uh, with a shoe company called Duke and Don, which you guys should check out, but he's also an influencer on Instagram. Uh, so we're welcome to the show, Gabriel Garcia Pena. How are you doing Hi. today, Gabo? Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Please, no, thank you. <laughs> so like it's a huge introduction, a lot of mixtures mm -hmm. of things. So like briefly, like so so you you went to NYU and uh, you got your law degree, correct? Yeah, that's right. I did an LLM, which is like the Masters of Law in the U.S., as you already know. Um, and I I also did a dual degree with uh, Stern School of Business. I lived in New York for a few years, and one of those guys joined yeah. law business show. degree. <laughs> yeah, like my ex boss Iris Chen. You know, I've told you about Iris Chen before. <laughs> Iris, if you're listening, not you'll never be listening, but you know, <laughs> respect it. But uh, interesting in the mixture, right? And mm -hmm. then you came back to Mexico. Why did you come back to Mexico? If you have all these credentials, you went to a great school, and you could have done anything in New York. Yeah, it was it was great uh, working in New York as well. I worked in a financial firm in the Latin America division. Uh, and, but I was, I was, uh, working at a, another firm, Rich Mueller here in Mexico before leaving Mexico city. And then I got a really good offer to come back and I was like, okay, man, maybe I'll give it a chance. And I love living in Mexico city. You so, love living. So you, do you prefer do. Mexico city more than New York? Uh, sometimes not, not, <laughs> not during winter time. You hear that Dane? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Gabo, I'm a New Yorker. I'm from yeah, New York. And yeah. so I had this big decision to move to Mexico city. Mm -hmm. And I always think that Mexico city is, is more of my speed because it's not as crazy as New York. Uh -huh. It's like, I always say living in New York is like, I mean, I've never, I've done it once in my life, but like, should I say that on the air? I don't give a shit. We can block but it's it like, out. Yeah, like, bleed it out, Rob. Uh, being in New York is like doing coke, right? Because you're oh. just like on every single day, going right. out, going out, spending money. There's something to do. True. You're like, I got to go to this party, then this party, and this party. And like, 
people think I'm crazy for saying this because they think Mexico City's crazy. Uh-huh. But Mexico City is like a lot slower, but it still is a big city. It Super happened relaxed. to me. It happened to me when I came back. It was like jittery, right? There's no noise here. Like, yeah. Because you get used to like hearing like cars and people all the time. And then I came back and I was like, Oh my God, it's not that noisy. Right. Like the countryside so, yeah. over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, super relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Pastures. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think the first six months in Mexico City, it was like, like jittery, jittery, jittery. Like, what are we going? Like, why isn't anybody here on time? Like, ah. And then finally, like, it took a while to get the New York out of my, uh-huh. my body. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Similar? Similar. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved back to Mexico City. You're from Mexico City. I, I was born and raised here. Yep. Right. And then you were uh, working for uh, this law firm and uh-huh. then something happened. I was working in this firm. I came back. Uh, I was super happy. I had been working already for like a year and a half. And while I was in New York, I was like buying these amazing shoes for like $150, $200. Great leather, great quality, amazing design. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going back to Mexico City and I ordered everything online. So that's something I learned in New York. Like, wow, you can order everything online. Right. And bring it back. Uh-huh. Like, right? like just so, stick in the box and like give uh-huh. it to your mailman. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and then, so I was like, there's nothing like this in Mexico City, in New York. This is something I'm going to miss. You can't just like take something in a box and give it to the mailman here in Mexico City. Like, oh, no. The you, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll never it's see like, it again. Hey, I, it those again. are my shoes on you. <laughs> He's coming back. Yeah. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So then uh, while I was still working at the firm, I started uh, my new business, which is like uh, my brand, Duke and Don. Um, so... I, I did like a, a market study in Mexico City uh, regarding shoes, men's shoes. And I found out that most uh, Mexicans that have earned a certain amount of money end up buying shoes in the States or in Europe when they travel. They never buy shoes here unless it's they have a wedding or it's something like really right. important they need shoes for. Unless you're in Leon for some crazy uh, reason or you know oh, someone yeah. from leon that's like a shoemaker slash uh-huh, dancer leon. you're yeah. married to someone who works at flexi, at flexi. Like that. <laughs> or andrea right yeah yeah yes, Copel. But, uh-huh but you, you couldn't find here like amazing shoes for great quality like amazing quality great design and relatively cheap oh. right um and that's why i decided to open duke and don Duke and Don. So how uh-huh. long has this business been open for? It's been open for a little bit more than a year. A year, okay. Yeah, but I started working on it uh, almost like two years ago, a little bit more. Uh-huh. Working on like the market studies, branding, um, and everything. So yeah, the uh, the, the idea of, of, the, of this brand is uh, to make men from, I don't know, in their 20s to their 50s, 60s buy shoes here and, and uh, allow them to... F- find same quality shoes as they do in the States. So, so yeah. they're, they're good quality. They're how, amazing quality. So how does Duke and Don uh, unique from other? Uh-huh. So how it works is that you can create your own shoe. Like you can customize your shoe. Uh, how, do, how, do you, how you do this is by choosing materials, leather, uh, soles, um, all kinds of like anything you can think of that you can find in a shoe or a sneaker or a boot, you can customize. So whenever we have a client that's interested, they make a, an appointment our, uh, at our showroom and they make their, their own shoe. So Whoa. you can basically design your own shoe. It's so amazing. You don't have to do any of the designing. You really just outsource that to the customer. Kind of. No, we already have like 
designs, like okay. base designs that people can start from there. And you can either like buy the the already like the design shoe or you can create your own. Great. So yeah. So uh-huh. uh, being an entrepreneur in Mexico City, because I'm sure like you're living the dream that everybody dreams about, like, oh, I have an idea. You know, it's unique and yeah. different, but people usually don't, don't get it there. But right. how has your experience been in Mexico City mm-hmm. uh, in being able to like take your information and what you learned from the United States, yeah. come back to Mexico and then open this? Like what has been the, the pros and cons uh-huh. of that? Um, well, you obviously know about this, Dan, but it's been, it's, Mexico is a great place to open your own business. I think there's so many opportunities um, and it's a great place to, to create something. And it hasn't been easy, obviously it's, it's money is always a factor. Uh, But the way I created the company uh, allows me not to invest that much money. Like we do have stock, for example, but we actually, what, what we do in the end is only, create a shoe or start start manufacturing a shoe whenever we have an order, a placed order. So whenever somebody pays for their shoe, we start uh, producing that shoe, no? Uh, but other than that, I think that uh, it's, it's easy to open a business here, it's relatively easy. Like I'm a lawyer, so I had already like the legal side covered up. Nice. You sharked it up. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> and it, it was... It contracts. Was, uh, contracts, yeah. Contracts <laughs> one and two. Right. But um, yeah, it's been it's been an experience. Uh, obviously, starting a new business, the fa- the idea of starting a new business is not easy. Uh, but once you get started and everything starts like flowing, I think it's it becomes better and better. And so... I just have a question based on mm-hmm. uh, the idea that you get the cash flow and then start producing the shoe. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a last minute guy. I think our listeners know that. So if I have a wedding on Saturday and today's Wednesday, mm-hmm. how long is it going to take me before I get the shoe on my feet? That's a really good question. <laughs> it normally takes around two weeks to okay. get your shoe like wherever your office or house or wherever. <laughs> Sorry, but, it's okay. It's but worth it. <laughs> we, have, we do have express orders. So if you are like, okay, please, I need my shoe in like, I don't know, maybe five or six days, okay. we can do it. Okay. And we also have some stock so that people can, whenever they come to our showroom, they can try them on and whatever. So we, I can say that we have at least one pair of each size for each model. Cool. Where's your showroom? Perfect. Uh, Ansures. Ansures. Yeah, super okay, close so to Super yeah. close to Pinche Gringo. So you can get your shoes at Duke and Don uh-huh. and then like waltz in the Pinche Cow Gringo. like everywhere. Sporting your yeah, new you styles, Yeah, you can ride your right? bike for like, Pinche Gringo to your showroom. Of course. Exactly. Let's switch some gear. Let's switch gears a little bit because I think there's something else interesting uh, about you. You are um, considered one of the leaders of the gay community here mm. in Mexico. Uh, you're an in- influencer. You have a lot of people following you and mm-hmm. listening in the direction. Tell me what that role is like. Uh, what right. you've seen, like, and 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 what, what, how the gay community has been changing on the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that Mexico City is a really open city, gay wise. Most people in the states think otherwise. I think, but Mexico City is really open. So, I mean, I lived in the states for four years, more or less, and before I left, I was, wasn't living a gay life. So when I came back here, I was super scared at first. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be gay in Mexico. How's life going to life's going to be. And it's been great. I mean, I think that, uh, it's a great place to be gay. There is the LGBT community here is really respected. I think, 
uh, pride every year has been growing and growing and growing. There's people yes. from all over the world, especially states, coming down for pride, which is surprising. Um, and I, I think that, I don't know. Um, I mean, what else can I say? It's, it's, well, it's tell been me. easier than, than, than I thought. I mean, I mean, you went from, you know, living a straight life to being gay mm-hmm. and now being a gay influencer, right? Do you consider yourself a gay influencer? Is that um, like, what is your, I, I mean, what is I, your following? Like, I'm openly gay, of course. Right. Um, it, it's, it's not something I scream in my, in my Instagram or my stories or right. my feed or the content I post, but I'm open about it. Right. So I don't think being gay is something that you have to talk about all the time. It's just part of yourself. It's like being um, a lawyer or being an entrepreneur or whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people do, uh, I've had people asking me questions through like direct messages and stuff about how do you manage, how do you do this, how do you, uh, how is it, how do you, how are you a gay man in Mexico? Um, how do you deal with it? Because it's still, I mean, I'm, I've talked about Mexico City being open, but still I think that the Mexican culture is not that open about becoming gay. So, yeah, I mean, there's 20-year-olds that ask me questions all the time about how, how sure. do I deal with it? Well, I mean, I think what's interesting about you is that you buck all the stereotypes, right? Like right. you're you're a gay entrepreneur, lawyer, uh-huh. like who's very, been very successful. And usually you see like in the gay community, there's there's sometimes ceilings for it that people don't really like believe they can do something or right. believe they can be popular. And I know there's a lot of um, people in the uh, on enterprise, like there's right. people in the Consejo Mexicano that are gay, right? That, right. Are, that are running major companies. So. Right. What, is, what does that look like to you? And how do you feel that you're playing a, this type of role in, as you're saying, mentoring others, right, through your... Um... Um, I think, well, there's great responsibility, of course. Um, and I, I really feel proud of who I am today. Um, I mean, I've, I've gone through difficult phases in my life, but I don't... I, I like to talk about this because uh, not having a good time and now being happy about who I am and having my own business and still talking about me being gay and stuff is, uh, I think is, is important for others to listen. And so that they know that it's, it's safe to be gay. It's, it, it, it doesn't change anything and you can still be whoever you want and be whoever you dream. You Do you think you be. could have done that 10, 15 years ago here in Mexico City? Uh, no, as you know, I mean, I'm still a lawyer and I'll be a lawyer my entire life, but I think that I've always wanted to have my own business. And when I became gay, well, when I accepted <laughs> myself as being gay. Like a rainbow came out uh-huh, of the sky onto uh-huh. you and it was like, da-da. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that was when I was like, wait, um, I'm a lawyer. Yes. Do I enjoy being a lawyer all the time? Maybe no. Um, I want to, I really, I'm gay today and I'm creating myself this new person being free and doing whatever I want. Maybe I can just quit the lawyering and start creating my own business would that's something that i always wanted no. and you're opening that to other people by by what you're putting up in instagram and having mm-hmm. you know all these followers like like watching your daily life and, yes. and making that happen which i think is a huge impact because yes. what has made that change in mexico city and it right. seems like social media has done a big part in that yeah yeah definitely mexico has changed in the last 10 years as it has never before in 
socially i think it's it's more open and yeah i wouldn't been i wouldn't have been able to do this 10 15 years ago for sure yeah and it seems like mexico city yeah you can be more free than in many other countries including the us mm-hmm. i i i've been surprised like, i have friends uh from the us that are that now live in of course la miami new york from like the midwest and there's some like creepy stories crazy stories of how how close it is how like conservative it is still mm-hmm. no like it's surprising because mexico city is way more uh developed in that like in that sense than than most small towns in, in the midwest no yeah and of course like when you know i live on reforma <laughs> and of course like, sometimes they get mad at all the protesters going in but it really shows that this city has a huge freedom of expression mm-hmm. that you can voice your opinion you can be who you are you can dress how you want yeah and you feel very comfortable and free people are holding hands on the street like all the time mm-hmm. it's something that we kind of miss we lose focus on because we're always mad about the traffic or <laughs> the pollution or mm-hmm. other things and mm-hmm. we don't realize that that you feel more free here than you can like in california if you like you know make a left on red between the hours of eight and 12 you can go to jail or something like yeah. that so you're mm-hmm. like frid you know like really frantic or if you smoke a cigarette on Great the street turn. or like <laughs> you know you know, all these different rules yeah. right so like sometimes the lack of rules makes you feel free mm-hmm. um, right that's true and, and we met when uh, at drag queen bingo so you went to the drag queen bingo a couple months ago uh-huh. how did you think about it it was amazing i heard i heard taylor swift is tonight tonight well it yeah. was two days ago because yeah. we record on wednesdays air on fridays so okay. if you're listening to this and you didn't go well you're lost she was great she <laughs> yeah. was the best <laughs> yeah she was the best in the future that we're talking yeah. now we know how right? it went <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was great like i had no idea about pinche gringo a few months ago and then So my friends were like, man, you have to come to this place. It's awesome. There's like this drag queen show and you can play lottery and you can have beers and drink and talk and invite whoever you want. And it was awesome. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. And it's like something cool. If anybody hasn't been to drag queen bingo yet, it's a place where, you know, like there's not really many places in the city, even though you say that the gay community has evolved, mm-hmm. there's still very specific places for gays to go, specific places for straights to go mm-hmm. and very few places where gays and straights can be together and mm-hmm. celebrate diversity and love uh, conjuntos because there's 70% or 60% of our of our room is, is straight. Yeah, like I in, think in so. Using my gaydar to like detect and look at people, right? We have to survey one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, face of surveys. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> But it's cool that everybody can come together and celebrate stuff. And uh, it's been nice to, to I am a follower of your, um, your Instagram and I get to see all these really cool things that you're doing and messages uh-huh. you're sending uh-huh. um, in, in, in what you represent just by all the diverse experiences right. that you had. So yeah. thanks so much for joining us on the show, guys. Thanks for having yeah, me, guys. Yeah. It's been great. Dukeanddon.com or can you tell us where we can find your shoes? Yeah, or? at Duke and Don. At Duke and Don yeah, on Instagram. Check it out. Instagram. That's like a D-U-K-E-A-N-D-D-O-N. Got uh-huh. it. There okay. you go. All right. Thanks, uh-huh. Gabo, for being with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. See you next time. Okay, that was great, right? I mean, I just love bringing on really interesting people with different diverse ideas that have like made the fabric of the city because what a lot of people think is Mexico is really homogeneous and has the same type of people, but when you're going out during the day, you're finding so many different types of individuals that are doing cool entrepreneurial things. And I think like, of course I share in this as an American coming here and being successful. I think this is the land of opportunity, Julian. Yeah. Uh, think, here. Right. 
Yeah, and kind of as uh, Gabrielle touched on, it might have been a timing thing too, right? Maybe the 2010s were a period of growth and uh, open opening in Mexico City where there's these new opportunities and people that have the drive and initiative can, you know, stand out as leaders in the end. Yeah, I just hope like too many Americans don't come here and ruin it with like, yeah. oh my God. If you're listening like, to the show, the city sucks. Don't come. Totally. Yeah. Like I have like an organic First. mole that I want to sell. Like, like let's hope <laughs> that doesn't happen. All right, Julian, we're gonna, we have running out of time. We had a long show today, but it's been wonderful yeah. and very diverse, right? Yes. Politics, sports and culture and business. I mean, what you got? But tell us what's going on in the gringo this weekend. Well, adding to the diversity, we got stand-up comedy tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, basically the first episodes of this season, season two with Pepsi stand-up comedy nights. We've got Langston Kerman coming down from LA. Langston Kerman. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be a great show tonight at the bar, Pinche Bar, starting at 10 p.m. Doors open at nine. You can find your tickets either on our website or here at the door. Tomorrow night in Patio in Narvarte, we're going to have Langston again performing and he begins at 9 p.m. and doors will open and at 8. And he's really funny. Very funny. We he's had a on list HBO's of Insecure. Okay. Uh-huh. We, had a, we had a list of 140 comedians and we selected him because he's really great and, and really relevant. So if you want to find English-speaking comedy uh, in this city, which you can't really find anywhere, yeah. um, check it out. Yeah, check it out. And of course, for those ping-pong lovers... This coming week, February 13th, here at Pinche Gringo Barbecue Warehouse and a special Valentine's edition of Ping Pong in Patio. Those, of course, are no cost. You just show up and have fun. And probably the biggest events of this month after Super Bowl, now that that's passed, we have the one and only Cecile who will be performing. You know who she's performing next week? On Wednesday? Tell me Whitney Houston. I will tell you. Whitney Houston ah. celebrating, well, celebrating her life because she, the anniversary of her death was February 11th. So we have a special tribute to Whitney Houston. If you weren't there a few months ago when Whitney Houston was performing here in Pinche Bar, I mean, there was barely a dry eye in the house, standing ovation. Like it was connecting with Whitney Houston. It was her. She, it was her. It was her. It was, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like scratching my eyes. I was like, is this like, like oh, Whitney Houston coming eye. back? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So that's what's coming up this week. Of course, there's a few more events coming up, but uh, we've, we've run long today. Yes. Yeah. All right. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Like, you know, we started out like small, but we're gaining a lot more listeners every day. Like every time we go out, we see, hear somebody else is listening to the show yeah. and I have to tell you all I can't say anything yet but we have some hopefully some big announcements in the next couple of weeks working yeah. on some stuff to make the Pinchy Gringo podcast even bigger so tune in you guys I, have been awesome thanks for uh, listening to us today special shout out to all our listeners in Nottinghamshire Forest England yeah. you guys have been beautiful <laughs> I saw that our <laughs> analytics are showing that we have listenership in England in England Who's Russia like, I don't know tell like, us who you are yeah please send us an email right so I'm yeah. Dan DeFossi I'm Julian Vawa at Snappy Jewels on Insta and at Pinche Gringo Dan on Instagram as well join us next week we got some great guests see you later Fuji. 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 Fuji.